The secret we should never let the Game Masters know is that they don't need any rules. Warriors, mages and demigods thereupon, this is modern escapism. Hello and welcome to Modern Escapers. My name is Oodles, your bard and compare for the evening. And today I am joined by the delectable sellsword Stig. Hello. The paladin of patience, Gadget. Hello. And the succubus of sexual desire, Biggie. <laughs> yeah, baby. We all good, boys. <laughs> Marvellous. How are you on this late eve? Sore. <laughs> so, oh, you've been gymming it all week. I've been to the gym, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, excellent. My, my body is pain. <laughs> my body is pain for another reason. <laughs> yes, you've been sticking it. Al- alcohol. And I have my family, so it's a different pain. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. So without further ado, let's just crack on with what we've been up to this week. We'll start with you, Biggie. You've had a busy old week. I have, but unfortunately I've been watching things that you've recommended, so, well not you, but all of you, I've been watching um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, so I'm not going to go on about that, because we've already covered that, Um, I've been watching Invincible, so obviously I've covered that already, so I thought I'd have a very quick rant about how badly X-Files has aged. Oh, dude. (laughs) Dude. Dude. It's on the side. Leaving me in twain. I have been watching that, and oh my dear, it's just, it's not aging well. I'm sorry, it's really not. (laughs) The amount of times that Scully gets kidnapped, knocked out, every other episode. She's a damsel in distress a lot. It's ridiculous. The fact that Mulder, every time he's in a kerfuffle, he just (laughs) tends to just flop over like a sack (laughs) of shit without any sort of combat training. The way that he goes round corners, pointing his gun round the corner before the rest of him goes round. And he's disarmed far too many times for an FBI agent. These are special agents, not just agents. These are very special. Special (laughs) agents. (laughs) But yeah, it's... I mean, obviously, yes, there are some good episodes that come up with a good idea, but there are some really bad ones. The gender bender, that's... It's oh, really, yeah. really they tried bad. To, they tried to uh, cancel that one a few times. They should have done. It's not good, yeah. especially in this day and age. It's not it good. almost creates a fear of anyone that's bisexual, transgender. Yeah. It's, it's certainly just, not good. They should pull that one. Um, the Shapes, again, is another one, um, which had to do with, um, what would you be calling, uh, the Indians? Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, they did cover, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that, yeah. yeah. They did cover a little bit about, obviously, how um, the Native Indian Americans were treated. So, I mean, yep. obviously, they referenced to that, which is really good. But just the fact Not that enough, though, is it? Well. No, no, no. And, <laughs> and then it's got werewolves and stuff. It's just, what about the, uh, the the classics like tombs and stuff, squeeze? Yeah, yeah. Excellent, that. you know. Um, you, you can't fight, and you've got the... Um, Oh my god, I've forgotten the, the name of the guys that support them as well. Um, lone gunman. The, the lone gunman. Yes. Yeah. You know, they're really cool. They're very geeky and all that. Really yeah. Cool. Did, you, 
Did you ever see their spin-off show? Oh, it's bad. No. Oh, it I ran heard for like it, eight episodes or yes. something like that. It didn't even make a full Ended season. Ended on a cliffhanger. Dreadful. <laughs> because the thing is, they're good kind of side characters for like Mulder to go into and they'll spout off some conspiratorial bullshit and whatever. Yeah. But they're not actually characters that like you can't put a story around. No, no, <laughs> not at all. And they're, they're funny for the five, ten minutes that they're in, you know, or yeah. interesting, depending on what they're supporting yeah. them about. But the thing that riles me more than anything else, and now I'm up to season three at this point, oh. is the fact that Scully constantly goes against everything that Mulder suggests, even though every episode ends with something supernatural. She or... refuses to believe, even though she's seen yeah. it. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's just so... But Mulder, have you thought? It's like, no, he's clearly presenting this to you, and he's pretty much never wrong. This There's kind an, of... an alien there, and she's go, he's going, look, there is an alien there. Look, look, he's right look here, it. right in front of us, right in front of us. No, no, no that, I mean yeah. that. There that must kind be some of, other explanation. That, that kind of character <laughs> arc slowly disappears for Scully. She becomes the believer eventually. Well, the, yeah. the, the, the best part is, and this is this is not to be too much of a spoiler, but there's, the, uh, there is a se- season later on where um, David Duchovny couldn't be in it for some reason. Yes, and and they swap out with um, the guy who played the T one thousand. Yeah, he plays John Doggett. And it flips around. So he's Turns the non-believer and Scully's yeah. the believer. Yeah. And it's a really funny like change when you think back. Yeah, I like Doggett as well. He was pretty good. Mm. But yeah, you'd think after the... Maybe give it to the end of season one and like Scully would be like, okay, yeah, I've seen some shit. This is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you, Mulder. <laughs> Explain Victor Toomes to anyone. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but um, did you guys know that Chris Carter wrote another show after that? Did you guys ever see it called Millennium? Yes, yes, uh, with it Lance Henriksen. Well, you see, I counteract that. I have very fond memories of that. It's good, and I'm going to revisit that at some point if I can find it. Millennium. Well, good. to be fair, I I didn't see Millennium until like 2012, so oh. maybe oh. maybe I maybe. missed the window for that one. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's a bit more. It's a bit more um, psychological. Yeah, it's darker. It is darker. Yeah, and Lance Henrik. It is Lance Henriksen, isn't it? I'm it not, is. Yeah, he's he's always always fun. Yeah, so I'm gonna maybe go and revisit that. I don't know if I'm, I'm gonna keep pushing through X Files at this point, but I'm do it, mate. There's, there's some absolute strengths. Yeah, some sometimes it's really episodes. disappointing watching that. But. Don't watch the films. Don't bother with those. I like the films, and to I'm be gonna, fair, I'm, season, I'm season include five, them. six, I'm including and, them. like season five, six, and seven are absolute bangers. Oh yeah, yeah. It gets like, really it's, good. The, it's, it's the first three or four seasons where it's a bit uneven. Where for every like Victor Toomes episode, yeah, you get something utter trash. Yeah, you always get the lore episodes as well about like Mulder's sister and stuff. Sometimes yeah. they're great, Which sometimes the least they're not. Interesting story. It is. It is a bad storyline, <laughs> but it's it's constantly evolving and it does. Oh, it does I must get good. Point out, of course, the smoking man who yeah, intimidating <laughs> for about the first two times he appears, and then after that, he's really trying hard to look. More menacing from different angles while smoking a cigarette. Yeah, it's just or, 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 painful or the, to see him sometimes. Yeah, or the fact that like Mitch Pileggi's character—you never know if he's on the right side or not—but it's just he, he does one eighties all the time. Yeah. So it's all—it's a—it's it, not like he has this interesting kind of standoffishness with them, where it's just like, could he be on the side? No. One episode he's dead against them. One episode he's completely it's on their side. Just a consummate yeah. bureau man. That's what it is. It's just—it's <laughs> it, the job first. I, I like I like it. Stick with it. There's, there's some absolute bangers to come, and even the um, the uh, rebooted series is not terrible. The one that they did about a decade ago, it's okay. pretty all right. It never reaches the heights of like five, six, seven, 
but <clears throat> you'll get there, mate. You'll get there. No, that's cool. But yeah, that's that's me this week. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Stig, you've been doing pal apart from boozing. Boozing, <laughs> all the boozing. Uh, this week I watched a couple of films. Um, I had to uh, VPN these because they aren't out in the UK you yet. Were born in the wrong country. Basically, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really annoying. Like, especially, I, I basically wanted to watch these because one, it's the Oscars. This, well, the Oscars will have been there tonight when we record mm-hmm. this, and, and I kind of wanted to watch a few of them before um, before that, that happened. And the other one was Mortal Kombat. I just wanted to be part of the conversation yeah. and the zeitgeist and everything. So, I start on Mortal Kombat. Start on the bad and end on the good. Oscar was <laughs> <is> it. <laughs> Well, I watched. I watched it twice, so it's it's not good. <laughs> the trailers makes it look a lot better than it was. It starts really strong. I really like the opening section. Um, mm. It's not too much of a spoiler. It it starts with um, mate. There's barely a story. Don't yeah. worry about spoilers. So yeah, it, it starts with Scorpion and Sub Zero. Um, people fighting. Ha- hands. Oh yeah. Uh, Hanzo and Baihan, and it kind of tells their story of them back in the ancient days and the betrayal and all the killings and everything between them two, and it kind of sets it up from there. But then that's the rest of it is just really shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's really disappointing. Um, I don't know what you were expecting, to be fair, mate. I I don't know. I, I thought the trailer looked. It looked really Have fun. Have not learned about trailers yet? But it put, Who's the director? All the, oh, God, no. It's his first film. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a guy who's known for doing adverts. His oh, second okay. film will probably be Mortal Kombat 2. Well, there you go. He's did a good advert in the trailer. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Kano is great. He's really good fun. Do you, do you think? I think he won the most annoying character. No, I thought it was great. We're trying to like, do that Ryan Reynolds thing where he's quipping about, like, modern day things. Yeah, it's Kano, isn't he? That's what he does. If you've watched oh. any of the games or anything, he's always been a. Oh, he's, oh, oh uh, he's, he's a quipper, but. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. He's always like that. He's like that in the games, isn't he? But I just yeah. thought that, that there's no reason whatsoever to have Cole. The new character. I I always thought he was going to be someone like Tremor or someone random. You thought it was going to be Sub Zero. Sub Zero. Yeah, yeah the, the second Sub Zero, didn't you? But no, yeah, it's completely wrong. But yeah, he's just a, um, he's, he's just a character. He's just Cole. Just a character, like a re- who's a really shit fighter, but then obviously yeah. becomes really cool, good, and it's just like, and his, they just his superpower is he can take a beating. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, um, but that's it. That is basically it. Like I'm not kidding. So in this, they, they don't kind of have powers. They they train and they develop and they it's and they arcana. yeah, and they unleash the power and it explains kind of like yeah. how Kano gets his laser and how people do this and people do that. But I don't know. I don't have. I just don't have anything good to say about it. The, the deaths are kind of cool. Um, I think the choreography is good, and I think, like as like I said in his Discord, I think it's a solid like three out of five. But two out of five, I give it like it's not terrible. It's just not good. Yeah, like <laughs> the, the training section, like they spend way too long, long on a training section. Like <laughs> yeah, the do. majority of the fucking film <laughs> is them the, training the, up and trying to the find their powers. Is like montage is happening. Yeah. It's a montage. <laughs> it's like bad. that was rubbish. Um, Goro is used completely wrong. Raiden's crap. Raiden is crap. Uh, a lot of bad acting, like as well. Is, like. is he is he as crap as James Ramar Raiden though? James Ramar is amazing no, compared. No, no, I didn't think he was that bad. Um, 
yeah. does he get a hair cut halfway through? <laughs> Shang Tsung is just not as good at all as nope. um was it Carrie Cabal's good. Thingy, I can't remember his second name, sorry. Um, yeah, you know, Cabal's all right, but he's yeah. behind a mask, so it's kind yeah. of easy to do. <laughs> they have someone else do his voice, so yes. it's not like it's the actor isn't even even acting it out; it's someone else doing the voice. Mm. But like they spend like Zub Zero looks amazing, Scorpion looks great. That's where the money looks re- looks really good. And then Mylena just I just put some paint on um, blood yeah. on her face. Yeah, like the, she just looks so pointless. Yeah. And they tried to bring in like other characters from like games that were successful. They brought like, the um, they brought the guy with the hammer from Mortal Kombat Armageddon that nobody yeah. cared about, and the vamp lady as well with the wings. Yeah, I, oh, I didn't. Even, I when, yeah. when she came into it, I was like, I don't even remember her. She's from Mortal like, Kombat Four, I think. Yeah, originally. I had to look it up. Yeah, the guy that wants to be Shao Kahn was in it as well. Rico, I think his name yeah, is. Yeah, right, yeah, right, Rico, Rico. Yeah, he's fucking terrible. Yeah, start so basically it started really well. Eighty percent of the runtime was then crap. And it's then just, it is literally just kinda, ex- exposition liked, fight, exposition fight, isn't it? Yeah, I kind of liked the ending with the I last did. fight, but that was yeah. it. Like so, disappointment. I've got zero interest in this at all. I'm not a massive fan of the games. Not a fan of the movies. I think that music, the soundtrack for the original movie, is probably anything. You I'm don't like hear that in it. the film, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, there's not like Europop techno music. Yeah. Rubbish. I'm guessing I'll get the best experience just watching that's the the opening seven minutes that they released on YouTube the other you're better, day. You're better off just um, just watching, like, watching it while playing another game. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like that opening section feels like a completely different film. That's the best bit, right? Yeah, I, am, I, am I would I would much magic. I would much rather just have a film about that. Yeah, Hanzo Asashi and Behan. Yeah, just just a, a tale about them too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I've heard that. Um, there was an animated film out, wasn't the last year, Scorpion's Revenge? Yes, that does a better job of telling their yes. the Sub Zero Scorpion story. So I'm going to actually watch that because I forgot that it uh, actually. There's a out. comic book series by Dark Horse as well that's really good. Yep, yeah, but I'm going to move on because I want to yes. talk about this film more than that one. Uh, <laughs> the Father I watched as well this week, and I thought it was absolutely incredible. Um, it's easily the best film I've seen this year. I don't even know what it is. It is uh, stars Anthony Hopkins, um, Olivia Coleman, Mark Gatiss, Imogen and Imogen Poots, and it tells the story of Anthony Hopkins as a man who refuses to uh, like move out of his flat and get the help that he needs because he's clearly got Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, The trailer looks really good for this. I really wanted to see this. Yeah, and the way that this the way that it depicts his dementia is so well done. Like characters will leave the screen and they'll come back in as like other people. Oh, and wow. Like, and they're talking about like, he's like, she so she says, oh, I'm going to go live in Paris. And then the next minute it comes back and there's Mark Gates' character. And he's like, who are you? It's like, well, I'm so-and-so, Anne's husband. It's like, no, Anne told me she's moving to Paris with her boyfriend. And it's like all this is kind of happening in real time for him, yeah. but it's clearly jumping around. Wow! Um, so he's obviously remembering a conversation or a part of something that happened the way years ago. Firing, but, yeah. yeah, but the way he's seeing it is this is all happening now, and he just starts to think that people are against him and stuff. And it's just it's so tough and heartbreaking to watch. If you have ever experienced a relative mm. with 
having dementia or like yeah. one of your elderly grandparents, um, if you've had like a strong relationship with them, I'd just I'd be wary about watching the film, to be honest. If, if you can if you can stomach your way through it, fine. But I don't have any of that experience. I never grew up with my grandparents because unfortunately for me, they all passed away before I was five. So I don't have any of that kind of relationship that to, to draw upon. So these things are a lot still it's really tough and heartbreaking to watch but i don't really have that issue when i'm watching these yeah um, I'll, I'll i'll be giving it a wide berth for that reason like i'm i will happily accept if it wins things at the oscars or that it's an amazing film but i think it's it's one of those films that when it, the when you've described it to us and when i've read up about it i was just like no no yeah. no thank you in the best terms possible oh i like, get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm very up for watching that I don't, thankfully I, fortunately i don't suffer for Anything like that, so I, I want to appreciate the uh, the emotional value yeah. of the movie. I've been through that with my uh, grandparents before, and my yeah. father's quite ill. So I, I think mean, it's yeah, very I'm, important for that film to exist. Yes, I totally. Yeah, and, and I think if you have, like, like I said, the way it depicts it is it, it is to a point where, as even as the audience, you feel confused and unsure about what's going on mm. on purpose. It's trying to put you in his in his shoes, like you're like, hang on, what? Like that doesn't make sense, and what's going on here? And it's it, there's so many layers to it, and um, I generally think this is the best thing I've ever seen Anthony Hopkins do. And he's pretty fucking solid throughout his yeah. career as well. Yeah, I um, his ability to kind of shift his emotional state on the spot in this film is just amazing to see. Like he will go from being like just normal, just walking around, potting around, doing his thing, putting the shopping away, and then you just see the way he just starts like second guessing himself. Yeah, he walks over here and he and he touches a shopping bag and he's like, he just looks like oh, he doesn't know what's going on, and then he'll go from being really happy to being sad or angry, like just at the drop of a hat, and he just does such an amazing job. Like Olivia Coleman is really great in this as well, but it's she's great in everything. Yeah, but Anthony Hopkins just blew me away. In this, and, and I, I mean this with the deepest respect to him as well, but he must be getting on quite a bit himself now. Yeah, oh yeah, I think he's about point. 84. Something yeah, like so that. for him to deliver a performance like that as well, that's yeah. quite impressive. The, the ending, the ending mm. is just um, it absolutely killed me. Like, I'm not, I will say, like that, that, like when that finished, I was in tears. Like, just who, the direct, last who seven directed mi- it, man? Seven minutes or so is just, oh, it's just so hard. Um, it was directed by. Florian Zeller. Mm. Um, huh. First time film. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, 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 gonna... so, so, so you've, you've had two first timers this week. Yeah, one's been absolutely <laughs> okay. opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, opposite ends of the subject matter and scale. Yes. Yeah. So quickly, do you think he'll be up for possibly Best. winning the Oscar? Because I don't actually know who he's up against this year. I, I would... You know, if he doesn't, then um, I haven't seen all the other films, so I can't really comment. Uh, but the, the ones I have done, I do think he is. I do think his performance is the better performance. Wow. We can always post a biggie to him anyway. Yeah, I can do. He can have one anyway. He's a sir. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't win the BAFTA, and usually things like that are kind of a... A foreshadowing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. We'll see. But he's only ever won one. I think there's several that he's been nominated for, and that yeah. was for... Um, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, yeah. good luck to Sir Anthony Hopkins <laughs> then, honestly. Oh. Excellent. Thank you for that, mate. Um, Gadget, you've been up to? 
Well, I feel like I'm going to be dragging the tune down here after that kind of highfalutin Oscar. Oh, way while you were mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll start off with it. it. It's not been the most eventful week, but uh, I did play through, based after Stig's recommendation last week, I did play through What Remains of Edith Finch. Oh, yes, and mate. Holy shit. Why didn't I play that game earlier? <laughs> Banner, no, that's what I was, that was what I was thinking <laughs> last, last the other week. I was like, why has it taken me so long to play this? It's such a I, banger. I will say, playing it, I played it on the Series X. Um, performance was dreadful. Like, it's it is. like it's, the frame rate was god awful. Yeah, it's really bad. Everyone's been saying it. It's, uh, it's better right, on okay, PC. So it's not just me. Um, but yeah, really, really impressive game. Wonderful narrative that was ran through it. A lot of heartbreaking scenes as Dude. well. Like some, some really funny as well. Like I really enjoyed the the fir- the first story that you play where you play as the cat, and yeah. then it kind of goes into the cat and then the monster. Yeah, it's so cool. I, I really like that. Um, and the the one that Stig mentioned, which I won't spoil, where you're doing two things at once. I thought that was absolutely marvelously done. Mm-hmm. Like those devs had obviously seen um, uh, uh, Brothers Tale of Two Sons and like thought, let's do that independent control yeah. kind of thing there. The one that the yeah, one that hurt me most. I'm I'm just gonna say one word is swing. Yeah, I hated that one. That one that really yeah, upset that was, me. That was yeah. that one upset me. Um, and the the other one I'd say would be um, uh, frog. Oh frog. frog. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what I was on about last week. Yeah, oh. frog got me. Yeah, frog um, man. I was just watching that going. <laughs> fuck me. I, I know exactly where this is going, and I yeah. can't believe you're making me play. Just saying that like, word frog. It made me heart skip. <laughs> What I what I loved as well is because um, I don't want to spoil again I really don't want to spoil this for anything but like when you do the uh, monster one yeah the music they used oh dude perfect yeah. I was like is that when it came on I was like is that that and I was like yes it is they are, they're using that theme I was yeah. like brilliant yeah, yeah. like they, they they don't use a lot of music throughout the um the it's game, quite a sparse like, soundtrack isn't yeah. it yeah but what what it does use is absolutely perfectly pitched every single time yeah. Um, and it's also interesting as well, like with with talking about the deaths of the different family members. A lot of it comes from other people's perspectives. Like one, like you know, you, you get one story as told from that particular person's therapist, which I thought was a really nice move. Yeah, like it's not just like Edith recounting these stories; it's someone else recounting them for her. So yeah, no, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. The ending I didn't see coming. Uh, I yeah. thought it was brilliant. I just want to mention also the uh, writing on the screen, you know, when you've got... Oh, yeah, well, like, when you walk through the it and then disappear, it on Yeah, it's just, I thought that was really smart. Are you going to try yeah. uh, Unfinished Swan? If I can find it somewhere, is it on Game Pass? Uh, I remember. I'm not sure, but... Or I know was it a PlayStation exclusive? I had it on PlayStation Plus, but, yeah, yeah it's worth... Yeah, it's, now now you've, you've appreciated Edith Finch, you should just... just you, you'll, you'll get that little... Smile when you play Unfinished Swan. Yeah. Okay. I'll 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 source out a copy of that. Yeah. Somewhere. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um. But the main thing I wanted to talk about is going back to one of my own points from a couple of weeks ago because when we did the animation special, I uh, animation special animation episode, I talked about Archer, and as I was thinking back to it when I was talking about, it, I had only actually seen up to the end of Archer Vice, which is season five, and there's like eleven seasons of it. So me and Pip have been kind of working through the rest of it. Um, and I wanted to bring up um, the two theme series that I've seen so far, which is uh, Archer Dreamland and Archer Dan- uh, Danger Island. Well, they're like concept series. Yeah. So to give a slight spoiler for for the kind of the, the yeah do it the, be- the beginning and end of season seven. Um, see, season seven has Archer and and his associates working as private eyes in LA. It starts off with a kind of a, a oh what the hell happened with Archer floating dead in a swimming pool mm. 
Um, and you think, oh, no, no, it's going to be a ruse, it's going to be a mix-up thing and all that kind of thing. And you get to the end of the season. So actually, no, he does get shot several times and is like drowning in a pool. <laughs> Which then leads to him being in a coma, ah, which is how right. Dreamland and Danger Island come out. So Dreamland is Archer's brain in a coma, um, imagining his life as a um, 1940s um, private detective in L.A. Basically, L.A. noir with a lot more swearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it recasts all the characters as, this, as the same characters, but in different roles, so... Um, Archer himself is, is the private detective. Mother is a gangster, <laughs> so she's so, but he's but referred to as mother. Uh, Cyril Figgis is uh, the chief of police, and he's a bent copper. Uh, Pam is gender unknown in this one. It's kind of it's just, I think she, the character is like cast as a guy, but not. They make a lot of jokes about it. <laughs> Something else that Pam is done as in one of the future episodes you're going to get onto it's just like yeah <laughs> but uh, yes yeah so she she she's working under cyril um cheryl becomes charlotte vandertunt uh so uh, billionaire social like kind of thing vandertunt like, i uh, love that yeah vandertunt yeah <laughs> um and ray becomes a, uh, the band leader and lana is a singer at a club called dreamland ah and it has this whodunit story so where the season starts with um in the real world Archer's friends gathering at Woodhouse's funeral, his, his butler's funeral, mm. um, and many jokes about him being a heroin addict. Um, in the Dreamland thing, in the Dreamland side of it, in the 1940s, Archer witnesses Woodhouse, his partner detective, being killed, and then the whole story is a massive clusterfuck trying to find out who uh, who killed his partner, and it's absolutely fucking hilarious. It's wonderfully written. Um, there was a huge jump in the animation budget. Uh, so it's one of the best-looking seasons. Um, you have Krieger as a ma- as a former Nazi scientist, like fucking uh, strapping robot arms onto people. It's it's <laughs> it's off its fucking rocker, but conceptually, somehow, it all makes sense. And it does one thing that the other seasons of Archer haven't done because even though the previous seasons have had kind of a running narrative throughout them, this one Archer gets himself into some stupid situations where he gets beaten up and attacked a lot. And as the se- as the season progresses, he's just getting gradually more and more injured, and I actually really like that. That he kind of there is this co- his physical condition is the is the constant throughout it. So when you get through that season and the insanity of it, you think Archer's waking up, and you it kind of hints to him like the the shot of him back in the hospital bed, kind of starting to wake up, and then you start uh, Danger Island, where he wakes up in bed, and it's now the nineteen thirties, and he's living on a um, a, a South Pacific island, like a French territory, as a biplane pilot. I think like tailspin, um, <laughs> not a biplane, a seaplane pilot. And it recasts all the characters again, and it becomes this uh, rollicking adventure thing where Figgis is a German. Uh, I assume he's a Nazi because it's set in 1939. Well, probably. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it gets a bit Raiders of the Lost Ark because he's looking for a, oh well maybe Temple of Doom because he's looking for a golden MacGuffin that can like. <laughs> You know, do the do do good things for the Nazis, but the best thing, and I'm only a few episodes into it, so I haven't, I haven't got the full run of the story. But the best thing they did with this season is Krieger. There is no rule for Krieger as a mad German scientist because you know, technically in this in this world at this point, people don't know the extent of the Nazis. No. They don't know the extent of what the Nazis got up to. So what do they do with them? They turn him into a talking parrot, and he's hilarious. <laughs> the funniest thing in the entire season. 
and I, I just love it. I love the creativity of Archer. I love the the way it's written. I love the the banter between the characters. I love the references. I, I love the clever biting humor. There's one point in uh, Danger Island where Pam says to Archer, "says You're in a real catch twenty two situation," uh, and he just uh, and he just quick quick as a sharp. Uh, uh, sorry. Quick as anything, replies back to her. I don't think that book's been written yet. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, it's just really clever. I, I love it so much, and I, I love the fact that um, even in these kind of fantasy seasons, because it's effectively an archer's mind, um, all the characters, even though they're being recast as things, maintain their character traits. Like Cheryl, no matter where what situation, she's insane. She is insane, no matter where where you find her. Krieger is malevolent and scheming wherever you find him. Ray is put upon and usually abused by somebody else. <laughs> Mallory is always in control. You know, it's just fucking brilliant. And it also just reminds me, like, just how good Jessica Walters was. Oh, like, yeah. As a voice. Like, not Legend. just as an actress, but as a voice actress as well. Like, you can, you can feel every kind of, every ounce of acting coming through that dialogue with her. Yeah. And she's so, so good at it. Oh, she's so old school. still going then. Yeah, yeah. Season 11 came out last year. Yeah. So I wonder what they're going to do about obviously replacing her. Unfortunately, I wonder if they'll end it, or they'll have like they'll end it with a special or something like that. Because yeah. Mallory's kind of a key character. Like this. exactly, like there there are some of the side characters that don't appear in every episode, but Mallory is in every episode, even yeah. when Archer's nowhere near her. Yeah. So yeah, I think she'll. I I think her death will probably spark the end for the show. But to be honest, I'm, I know a lot of people didn't like the theme seasons, but I'm really really enjoying them. God, just embrace it. Just get involved. You know what I mean? It's it's. Yeah, it they revel in their silliness, and I yeah. think that's what works so well. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Archer, just watch it. It's all, uh, t- ten seasons of it are on Netflix. So on the on the strength of your discussion last time, I did watch season one, and I I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's really really good. As a, as, a, a as a spoof, as a spoof, as a kind of timeless spoof, it's brilliant. It's snappy as well. You can just watch it, and just it's fast. It's very fast paced, and it's just on, on, on it, on it, and it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 really good. It's, it's it, yeah, it's eminently quotable, and you you'll just you'll wander wander around just in the back of your head, just thinking danger zone, <laughs> top of your voice all the time. Excellent, thank yeah, you. that's what I've been up to. Thank you very much. Um, I am going to lower the tone again. Excellent. I've been watching a uh, a season of TV called Genius, uh, season one. There are three seasons of Genius, but I'll give you the um, the quote for what it what it's about, the synopsis. So Genius is an American anthology period drama television series developed by Noah Pink and Kenneth Biller, which premiered on National Geographic and is now available on Disney+, Plus. hence how I've seen it. So it stars Jeffrey Rush as Albert Einstein and tells the tale of the genius physicist and mathematician from his early life at Zurich Polytechnic right up until his death in 1955 in New Jersey. So, um, what Genius is, is every season, and it's these 10 episodes a season, it focuses on a completely different genius. So, season two is Pablo Picasso, season three is Aretha Franklin. So, Season four's me, by the way. It's, yes, yes, I've heard, I've heard they've been in be touch, announced. and uh, Brad Pitt is playing me on your life story. <laughs> Which is always nice. But yeah, uh, basically... Matt Lucas is playing me. <laughs> <laughs> basically, it's, the show is it's just like a juxtaposition between like science, religion and politics. It's a drama, proper drama. Like, uh, think The Crown, something along those lines, where it's highfalutin uh, drama. Um, the synopsis is it starts as Albert Einstein um, explaining his uh, special theory of relativity. 
which we all know, E equals MC squared, very famous. And at the time when he was um, uh, like creating that theory, he was just a uh, patent clerk. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. He, he wasn't doing much. He was just he was he just had a job to try and support his family, and he came up with that and obviously became a, a lecturer, a professor. And the story is basically how he, from obscurity, became like the greatest mind in humanity, or, or so people think. And to the fact that if someone's brainy, you call them a bit of an Einstein, don't you? It's it's one of those things. It's it's synonymous with it, but it also it also like explains his early life, which I I didn't know anything about his early life. Uh, growing up in Germany, and uh, he went to Italy for a while, and um, Switzerland, and things like that. I mean, if you know anything about history, uh, that was at the time of World War One, and then leading into World War Two, and the rise of the Nazi Party. So the the uh, the drama unfolds over 10 episodes uh, with him basically being mocked by most of the scientific um, members of um, the Nobel, uh, do you know, the, from the Nobel Peace Prize, yeah. uh, the Nobel Committee, like people saying stuff like, this theory of relativity is ridiculous, we've got 200 years worth of um, science, we've got Isaac Newton's teachings and things like that, do you know what I mean? And um, yeah. And Einstein's saying, look, look, this is the reason why, let's say, we revolve around the sun because of gravity and light and speed and time and just obsessed with all that. And his life works on the special theory of relativity, uh, which, like I say, he wrote on that essay in 1907 and nobody cared about it until like 1940. <laughs> so it's one of those things. Um, what I found interesting mainly about this show is the later episodes when he got a bit older. Um, and he moves to America, and as we all know, he helped to create something that destroyed millions of people, thousands of people. Mm, and yes. basically it talks about how he didn't do that, because, I mean, historically he didn't. He just basically showed them how they could do that, <laughs> rather than he didn't specifically screw in the screws on a uh, atom bomb. Do you know what I mean? No, no, he was the equivalent of a consultant. For yeah, the yeah. And and then it talks about his nuclear prol- proliferation theories and how he believed that nobody should have that power. He, just because you've got that power, like like for instance, everyone can uh, light a match. It doesn't mean you're going to burn every house down. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And it's just really, it's really clever. There's a there's a nice there's a nice play on. Um, his ongoing war with J. Edgar Hoover, the uh, director of the FBI, uh, mm, yeah, fam- get on. famously didn't like uh, communists and, and Jews. And he suspected Albert Einstein, and everyone has in history suspected Albert Einstein being a famous communist. But this drama goes into was he, wasn't he type thing, and does it really matter? Because genius is just genius, isn't it? He wasn't there to uh, give his political ideals. It was science for the betterment of humanity type thing. And I thought I thought you said you were lowering the tone here. I talked about a cartoon with functional alcoholics shooting the shit out of each other, and you're talking about Albert fucking Einstein in a highfalutin period drama. It's just, it's yeah, just. That's, that's, it hasn't got to my life story yet. That's why. It's just, it, it's just really good. I mean, the lowering tone. 
aspects come from the fact that it's uh, HBO style drama, but even though it's National Geographic. So Einstein is known to be a top shagger, and he did a lot of top shagging. <laughs> there you, go. There you go. go. Here we go. Is there like a top Trumps? <laughs> so this is the real shagger. thing we wanted to know. Yeah, Trumps at the bottom of the. So day. throughout his life. Um, <laughs> As much as he loved science, he also loved the ladies. He's been married twice, and he had over 200 mistresses in his lifetime. Up until his death, he was still a top shagger. And, and there's quite a bit of that in the show, which may have, or may, may not have held my attention throughout. There we go. There it is, right there. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just really, it's just really good, and like. I was looking at the reviews, you know, when you go on IMDb when you're watching something and you're getting into it, and there's, it's one of the most split reviews I've ever seen. Like on IMDb, it's got an eighty-three percent, but there's so many one-star reviews <laughs> from what I can only assume to be people that don't believe in um, his his uh, methods and things like that. It's quite it's quite politically charged these one-star reviews, right. and. It just made it made me fall down this rabbit hole of Einstein and stuff like that, and um, yeah, I just it's on it's on Disney Plus. There's there's a lot into it that I mean, it's hard to say the spoiler. I, I could spoil it for you, but this man was real and he's well documented yeah. about what he's done. And guess what? He's dead. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? My 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 favorite fact about Einstein is that um, when he was when he died when he was dying in hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, the only nurse that was ever attending him couldn't speak German, yes. so no one knows what his last words were. Yes, because oh, yeah, he no. did. He did. Um, he died of an ulcer from when he was younger yeah. that split up. That that obviously erupted when he were older, and he did a stress induced type ulcer, one of those kind of situations. When and he was told he was he was told a year before his death, you'll survive to be a very very old man if you quit smoking, chocolate, and shagging. And he said, "Ah, oh, forget that. <laughs> forget that." Like he didn't, he didn't drink a drop of alcohol his whole life, but he loved his pipe and his women. So, yeah, absolute props to Einstein, and I pour one out to the man. Absolute legend. Pure <laughs> <laughs> legend. Not anything to do with discovering the theory of relativity. Just the fact well, he's still he's technically, a he's still technically a theory, which. Um, no, fuck off! Stop with that. I'm just, bullshit. I'm just saying it's a theory. No one's ever said it's fact, but I believe it. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for it. But you're all for it. You're all for relativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah I am. Yeah, but yeah, it's just really if if the the, the 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 drama does do some really cool, like explaining the science bits. It does some really good graphics and stuff. It came out in like 2017, but like it's been renewed, obviously now and. The Aretha Franklin one on season three. I'm looking forward to that. I've started the Pablo. That's a really interesting choice. I mean, I think she's amazing. Oh, she's a genius, mate. She's a genius. What an interesting choice to have yeah. her in there. The, the, I've started the Pablo Picasso season two. Um, starting off a bit slower, a bit duller, but but still Picasso, genius in his own right. And season four with Biggie. I'm really looking forward to that one. That's that's going to be the absolute cream, creme de la creme, cream of the crop. <laughs> So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. And I've also, really quickly, before we we, we run away, um, I started playing Recar today. Have you heard of this no game? Worries. No. Yeah. It's a, it's a game that I didn't know existed until this morning, and I've started playing it, and I've played about seven hours of it, and it's incredible. Fantastic. I love it. I'm not going to explain to it too much until I've finished it, but, yeah, 
play Rico while you're waiting. So, Biggie, take it away. Heroes rise, heroes fall. We see them standing on the front line, standing tall. They're risking life and limb to answer the call. But what are they fighting for? Well, to answer that question, welcome our first ever guest from the superb Dungeons and Dragons campaign podcast, Dungeon Dads, with Tom Blaylock. It's good to see you guys. John Watson. Hello. And Tim Carr. Hello, hello. He will fight. Hello, hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hey, thanks that for was awesome. you so much for having us. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. What I'm going to do now, guys, is I'm going <laughs> to pass the baton to Gadget as the super duper fangirl. And exactly. he's going to basically um, take proceedings from now on. Okay. Sounds, so I'm going to step back and enjoy. Sounds great. Yes. Awesome. Over well, to you. Okay, so f- f- full disclosure coming up, and it, um, I follow you guys on. I've followed you guys from I think nearly the beginning, and I support you on Patreon. So oh. this is entirely un- this is entirely biased. We just have to get that out up front. Uh, I I love the Dungeon Dads podcast, and I've been talking it up for a couple of months now uh, on Modern Escapism. Um, but for those who haven't been listening to me, because you know I'm a gobshite and people don't often listen to me, uh, can can one of you describe what your podcast is about? I don't uh, think any of us can describe what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we have this. Um, uh, if you're not familiar with with actual play podcasts, um, this is a little bit different from from uh, like just us sitting around playing a game. It's about I would say about fifty fifty uh, improv acting and improv storytelling using the Dungeons and Dragons five e uh, uh, format as our as our scaffold to sort of tell our story, uh, and um, you know we're all creative people. Uh, I'm a writer. Uh, John's an actor. Tim is a director. Sam is a director. Everybody works in those fields, and we're just really good friends. And so we started playing five years ago, four years ago. Jeez, it's a long time ago. Yeah, it's a while ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gotta add the COVID and, year too, which is right. Like, good grief. But, yeah, which counts as ten years. Yeah. We, we all we all live so far apart that um you know we we initially tried to get together like let's have a drink on a Sunday night and talk. And yeah. like yeah and that that, that yeah. didn't we're such like we're such dudes that like that we just couldn't do it. We couldn't bring ourselves to not have a, like a reason <laughs> to, to, to be showing up. And so we started doing this. Like uh I think for like I I played when I was in my teens. Uh Sam played a little bit when he was in his teens. Uh John read all the books when he was a kid because he didn't have wow. any friends to play with him. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, <John>. Sorry. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, John. I mean, look, it's I just, love this guy. It just wasn't, it just wasn't a popular thing down here. <laughs> so, <laughs> it just wasn't very popular, so I had to learn how to do other things. But yes, I learned the lore as much as I could. <laughs> um, 
And 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 Tim, you never really played before, right? You were a WoW guy, and a... uh, I mean, I dabbled in like Robotech in uh, late oh, elementary Robotech. school, which was, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of the sci-fi equivalent. Though I don't think we actually ever played. I think it just got to like designing characters and trying to draw mechs when I was in fifth and sixth Same. grade. <laughs> That's know? exactly. What I was I like, did. yeah, how many <laughs> missiles can I put on this rack on his shoulder? Never played like, a campaign. Just was yeah. obsessed with the mechs. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, awesome. I think I may be the oldest person here. I'm 47, and it's the first time I've ever done it. It was with Gadget the other. Yeah, so Tom, I don't know if you listened to, they did, uh, I did. Two, a two-part. Yeah, it's it's it awesome. awesome. So all these guys know Dungeons & Dragons, and hopefully all the listeners have some experience with yes. what Dungeons & Dragons yeah. is yeah. and how it goes. Um, and I, want, I did want to commend you guys on your sort of commitment to it and your ability to jump in and... Can I just say as well, it might have been a two-parter to you guys, but it weren't a two-parter to us. <laughs> well, no, I mean one shot. No, <laughs> yeah. it was a good. It was a good one shot, and I think it, it was about a good decision. Five hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds about right. And that is testament to Gadget's writing and um, the effort from. And we were the drunk because we, we, we were up for it because we knew it was Gadget's little baby. He was really wanted to push it for us, and you know, I was a little bit dubious myself just because I'd never played it before. I played RPGs in my gaming. Mm. But this was just something slightly out of my depth, you know. And yeah. he gently held our hand as best as he could, and he shook us. He did a great job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah, I, so I was like full on into like as soon as like uh, Biggie was saying, I was like, oh, I don't really know what to do or how we do this. And it's yeah. like, okay, when we went through rolling out our characters and what our character's going to be, and he said, right, come up with the backstory and how they look, and then it's like, yeah, I'm fully in now, trying to. You acted perfectly as well, Stig. You were really into the role. Stig, man. you were the halfling. You were the halfling, right? You were the uh, no. The that's bard. me. No, 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 that was Oodles. Oodles, was the Oodles. I, I just gotta say, man. I can, I can see it in the picture now. Yeah, 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 I, I yeah. Can see it now, now that I've seen your face, I was like, oh yeah. yeah I've shaved my beard off, so it's <laughs> you, bad luck at the moment. He's now half a half. Yeah. The, the 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 bard, man. That that when you were critting on that with using your rapier against that minotaur, Dude, and I, I was know. like, this is exactly that. Like the dynamic that was forming there is exactly. Exactly, our like our game. You can't believe it was happening. <laughs> yeah. All the way through, they were saying like, "Oh, you, you've picked a halfling. Uh, you're a bard. You're going to be the worst character fire." And I'm we there just fucking stabbing him in the knees. Yeah. I'm yeah. I was supposed ass. to be Jackie Chan. I can yeah. hit. <laughs> it's a I mean, crazy. That... It's a crazy game. Yeah. Oh, like, I, I love it. It's really I remember cool. the first time I played. Like I was playing this like rogue assassin character. And, you know, Tom's like, these skeletal warriors pop up. And I'm like, yeah, and I flip in and I start stabbing. And Tom's like, <laughs> Tom's like, well, you can't, you can't do that. I'm like, why not? He's like, well, you just used your one attack. And I got another one and I'm going to do it. And he's like, no, yeah. that's not how. I'm like, Forget these rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, why is yeah, my so- rogue so terrible? And then, and then the bard is so awesome. Why? Always be the bard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if, if, any, if anything I've learned from Dungeons & Dragons is bards are wildly overpowered. Um, it kind of brings on to like, the next one's like, so can you, because everyone approaches D&D differently. Absolutely. Um, like, for instance, I've mentioned on the mm-hmm. podcast before that I also listen to Dungeons & Daddies, you know, just to make my life even more confusing. With <laughs> yeah, you've yeah, confused yeah. me with and, it as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 like, their, po- their podcast is great. It's very funny, but it's barely D&D. Yeah, it's more it improv barely, comedy than anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm caught up on that Occasionally their DM one. will ask them, yeah, occasionally their DM will ask them to rule something, but it's mostly them just being funny. Whereas with Dungeon Dads, you guys are... Oh, there's role playing there. You're you're much closer to the rules, but there is actually a lot of quite heavy role playing as well uh, alongside alongside the funny stuff. 
Um, so how do you how do you approach the D, kind of D and D rule set versus kind of um, the the other stuff on the side? Do you go rules first? Do you go narrative first? That kind of thing. So for the the main campaign, I'm the DM, uh, and it's Tom, and I I have just I spent so much time preparing for the very first time we played so not not for the podcast but the game that john was talking about where he like tried to flip into the you know <laughs> flip in the middle of a bunch of skeletons yeah. and he was like i'm gonna do this and it was sort of like that key and peel skit where you know the guy comes and he's like i'm gonna be a giant oh, I love where's the skit. alizé at like I love it. like it was it was a little <laughs> bit like that <laughs> you know um yeah but, but i like I, I mean i spent so much time reading the player's handbook and the dungeon master's guide and i was like this is so dorky and i don't want my like <laughs> i don't want my 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 colleagues to see me but i'm sitting there at work at nyu where i teach and i'm like <laughs> just you know flipping through the thing and like highlighting and like, using like school resources to create um uh, dm screens so i'm like keeping yeah. all the stuff straight so I, I i felt like for my friends when we first got started uh Having the rules be the rules was really important because smarter people than me had set them up to be balanced and to create this like really fun, you know, ever increasing difficulty. Yeah. But, you know, this is the one thing I can say that's really, really fun about taking a character from first level all the way up to however high is that it's on the player to learn the rules of your character like more than anything else the, the way we play there's, there's often these moments where like in the most recent episode john's character ionis casts uh storm spear storm sphere i had yeah. never read that spell and and i knew he had it on his card i should have taken a look at it beforehand but i said okay john like y you're in charge here tell me what this spell does but of course, as he's telling me, I'm like feverishly reading up on the spell to make sure he doesn't try to <laughs> just pull, his a, way of you know, pull a fuck so over he can on read you. it for himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so we try to be really. Um, I, I try to keep really uh, close to the rules as possible, and uh, and then when someone tries to do something cool. The the nice thing about five e rules is that there are so many ways to just like wing it and create a new rule on the fly, which we do a lot of, right? Um, yeah. And so, I for me, that's always the really fun part is both like the world building, but also world building with rules that haven't been done yet before. Um, mm. So, like sometimes, I mean, and this is like a this is like really in the weeds, but like. Um, perception like you guys rolled a bunch of perception checks when you were in yeah. there that's like the most common thing to to roll um i couldn't hit shit or see shit. you couldn't hit yeah, that was the it was the worst biggie i i have to say like i felt so sorry for you by about the end i was like i hope he's having fun it poor sounds dragon. like he is poor little dragon i was having fun rolling shit yeah Larry. yeah the, the thing is his character art and everything i thought i thought this dragon's gonna be the greatest character oh, yeah ever. totally and dude you dropped the ball background characters just... <laughs> I, th I, I think it must apply to it must apply to one person every campaign because I, I was listening to episode 40 of Dungeon Dads today and John has the worst rules throughout the campaign but he, he he got a really bad rule about halfway through this was when I was I was lifting weights at the time in there and, and Sam just shouts out ah John's back Sticky was the same Sticky was the same because he had that initial attack on the Minotaur 
and just crashed into the wall behind him. He did him. end up it's killing it hilarious. eventually. But then he just absolutely took him out in the end. So, I mean, yeah. it was great for him. I feel like it's part of the storytelling that yeah. works mm. for it, too. It's like you don't, it, it, it's not exciting if you walk in and everything is like, Boom! You knock that out of the way. Boom! You knock yeah, these yeah. ten guys out of the way. Like, <laughs> oh, the first, know. the first boss, uh, the Minotaur. It was like an hour. Yeah, <laughs> it took so long. Minutes, yeah. It's crazy how long combat actually takes. And then mm. when you break it down into like Dungeons and Dragons time, it was like twenty four seconds. Oh yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then you're like, <laughs> oh, what? oh yeah, we got to move. Okay, sure. We just spent an hour so negotiating twenty four seconds. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the best thing for me, I've been astonished to see, um, to see how how well they've set up a character. You know, if you if you know how to set up a character, right? Like, yeah. if you look mm. at all the stats, and if you look at all the different spells, and you, and then you try to form that into a backstory. Like, you know, my guy, he's he's spoiled. He's really skinny. He um, is he is really good at setting up defense. You know, I, I worked on those kinds of things to keep my character alive. But then when I apply it to when I apply it to his actual character, it's like, no, that makes a lot of sense. You know, he 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 grew up pampered. He probably doesn't like a lot of pain. If if he gets in trouble, he's going to run, you know, and, and then and then if he looks for a spell, it's probably going to be like a giant explosion spell that's either going to get rid of everybody or if they don't if they're not done, then he can't handle it. And he's going to run off. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, yeah, it, it's and so when you take when you take those kinds of things into account, it's uh, it's it's it then comes up with your character for you, essentially, because yeah. yeah. if something, you know, if a role goes poorly, it's like, well, you know, he was, you know, like, 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 say my familiar was killed. It's like, oh, that was a bad role. It's like, oh, I had tears in my eyes. My character, you know. My pet was destroyed, so I just, I, I just couldn't handle really it. You were really upset. You were really <laughs> upset about Saber dying. I, I, yeah. oh, it becomes real to you, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Please, please. That mongoose, man. That I mongoose. want to hear a live <laughs> version of him, please. So good. <laughs> There's a little ASMR in there for everybody. Yeah, that's yeah right. just a little, little bit of ASMR for anyone who's not into D&D. <laughs> See, all I like to do with mine is, because I just set him up to be a massive hard bastard but like if something goes wrong i just blame the fact that he's got low intelligence so he's, just, yeah. he's a bit stu- he's a bit stupid so that's yeah he ran, head, he ran head he ran head first into yeah but that's the best thing i can yeah. do he ran into the battle but he missed completely so he ran into the wall yeah, just yeah. A, he's, a bit, he's just a little bit dumb but i mean i mean, I mean John, john's right now and what i like when we did grassville manor was you all kind of embodied it like like Oodle, oodles as bard was um might not have been the strongest, but he was very clever. So, like, when, like real life. When, when, when we were doing the when we were doing the uh, chimera fight, he said, uh, "Can I climb on the goat head?" I'm like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You see, if you yeah, go into if you go into attack a chimera, you go for the goat head. It's the least threatening animal on a chimera. Everyone knows that. <laughs> That's a good if, you can, if you can hold onto the horns, they can't That's hurt what you. What I'm right? saying. So you're yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, you grip tight and you just pray. <laughs> Those eyes, though. Those eyes are so creepy. You were hiding around the corner, if I remember. Look, I'm a halfling. What am I going to (laughs) do? I hear you. I hear you. I'm playing a halfling in our premium campaign, and it's like you know, they're like, John, don't disengage. I'm like, you're all giants. (laughs) (laughs) Say to the dwarf, I think it's a giant chimera to you, but to us, to to us halflings, it's even bigger. Crazy. So actually, actually, John, you just mentioned that. So you you have the you have the Patreon campaign as well, which is a uh, Mountain City Madness. 
Um, plus, you also all have an offline game that you all play. How do you play this much D&D and work <laughs> yeah, and, have and lives. be dads and um, have a life and with, stuff like that? With a lot of begging for forgiveness from our spouses. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, also, we will, we, will, we will beg for forgiveness to their spouses for coming on <laughs> an hour early for their own recording. As my do. spouse is kicking off that she can't go to bed. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yes, and yes. That's, Sorry to Oodles' spouse as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I've been kicked out of the bedroom for recording for that purpose. I'm not moving uh, my office for nobody. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to. I have to see behind me my where my computer is. Our living room is right there. So every Sunday, I literally have to just send my wife to bed early. <laughs> Go to bed. Just like, just like Same. Eight thirty. Bye. So like, she's fine. She's cool with it. At so. least my kids are asleep by eight. Eight. Well, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Thanks so. to all of the spouses. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. As I mean, as far as playing the multiple campaigns, like we have. So the casual game has more players in it it has a few other friends that we've played with that are sort of have been we've been playing with since before we started the podcast and so it was one of those things like we can't just like drop them because we started doing the podcast uh and then when we were thinking about making a patreon and coming up with goals that people would want to pay for we thought okay another campaign would be something that people would be worth you know would be interesting and sam who couldn't make it tonight is the DM for that one, and he took uh-huh. a very different tack on how that campaign plays and feels compared to our main campaign, right? Our main campaign is a lot of stuff in the woods. We're trying to save a valley. Uh, we're, you know, it's going epic. between disputed yeah. territory. It's, I mean, it's very epic uh, yeah. in the scale of things. And then the Mountain City Mayhem, Sam's campaign is urban. It takes place uh-huh. in a city um, where what comes to light very early on is the relationships that you make and break and fuck with will have lasting repercussions because these are not people that you're going to pass once and never see again. Yeah. Yeah. You're in a city environment where like, you know, my character is a dwarf who's a brewmaster and has a brewery in the city. And so he has like a business (laughs) to think about and, you know, connections through that. And then John's character is a bard uh, and has like his public facing persona. And yet, here we are, we start off that campaign as like con men trying to con rich people by telling them their place is haunted using magic to haunt their place and oh, then fuck, cleanse I love it, it out. I love it. Yeah. So it's like, it. it starts off like a little bit Ghostbusters-y, yeah. except we're making the ghosts. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a big con job that, that, oh, um, that uh, Milo and Darbin have done and they've brought my character in just as muscle because my character yeah. is also like, he's a fighter, he's not smart. Yeah. He's, you know, a couple hundred years old and in dwarven life, that's about midlife. So he's just having a midlife crisis of like just doing beer. <laughs> I've done this. I've done this. Like this is mundane and just wanted to branch out into something and came across these guys. Oh, wow. And now needs money. Yeah, it, 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 uh, yeah, I do enjoy Mountain City Mayhem. It's got a wonderful feel of a caper about it. Yeah. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah. yeah it's a little bit uh, noir almost like film noir yeah. in terms of like the style. Like there's a bit of that in there. There's multiple layers of intrigue. So it is very different. Um, it's the Zodiac of D&D. <laughs> yeah. 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 A little bit. Sam, <laughs> Sam <laughs> can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. yeah. So do all of you, are you a DM in a different game? Because obviously, if you're a DM, you're you're not playing. You're obviously enjoying it, but yeah. the other guys are playing as characters, and you're in control. So I take it there's got pros and cons for being a DM and being a character. So John does our casual game, and then Tom does our main campaign, and Sam does the uh, Mountain City Mayhem campaign. I'm the only one who doesn't cool. regularly DM. I don't. Yeah, Tim think just I'd sits back and enjoys it. it. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I have done. There's in the no past, way I'd be able to do that. It'd go, it, it just, it'd fall off a cliff straight away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually too drunk to do it. As much as Gadget, I think, enjoyed doing it, you can imagine his head, the cogs going off, trying to mm. keep control of it's what he's doing. The ultimate character, that night. the DM, isn't it? It's the ultimate. Yeah. you got to be able to play. Universe. Yeah. Well, I, I know for for me, um, I was I was the newbie. Like I, you know, I read a lot of books, but like the books that I read weren't like the Dungeon Master's Guide or the Player's Handbook. Mm. I was reading like R. A. Salvatore, you know, oh, the, yeah. the Dritz Dord and like actual like. So I knew the characters, I knew that there were spells, I knew I knew a lot of lore, you know, that that might pop up in some of the these D and D games, right? But like the actual the actual game mechanics, I I knew nothing. And yeah. so we played this first game, and I'm like way behind. And then Tom's like, I just can't play this. I just can't do this game anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but, but I have to play. I have, you know what? I'll do the next one. I'll do the next one. And so, so for me, <laughs> it, for me it, it helped me to catch up with everybody else mm. that much faster. Because yeah. then I, you know, I had to read the DM, uh, the DM guide. And I had to you know, really know a lot more about how the game is played. And I, I just got to, instead of making up my own story, I just grabbed uh, Tyranny of... Uh, is it Tyranny of Dragons, I think? Um, yeah. Or maybe uh, it's, it's um, yeah, that's uh, the, the Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat. And so we're, we're playing the two of them. And uh, I've got them all to like level 10 now. The um, DM guides that I've seen, they seem to be bigger than the players' handbooks and things like that. They seem to be tomes. They were, um, they were They're about the same. Size. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot. But I it's, know Gadget's it's... got them all, look. It's <laughs> 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 in reach. Yep. Nerd. Yeah. Yep. Well, the, the, yeah. the best part about those... This week. Yo, gosh, man. Awesome. Tasha's is great. It's a great, it's a, it's, and it just adds so much to the game. I loved reading that book. Um, the, the good thing about it is that they're also just well-organized and, and, you know, yeah. you read the table of contents and you can get to where you need to go quickly in order to figure out your own part of it. Um, but, uh, but we'll yeah, say, I mean, we'll, we'll say the first, the first time I looked through the DM guide now, I was just like, Oh, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> <laughs> but then, but I, th- I think what I found out because I listen to so many Dungeons Dragons podcasts, it's it's I've actually think I've learned the game through the podcasts. Oh, that's the skill of it. Um, that's the good thing about them. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. it's it, it's like I'm I'm already a creative person. I've written a book and and, I, and like I write a lot of stories and that kind of thing. So I knew how to create the story, but it's more um, how you react to things, which is the difficult thing. Which actually, which leads me onto a question very specifically for Tom. Uh, how often are your best laid plans ruined by the others and how often do you dream of bloody revenge Uh, oh man so so i think i play up a little bit more of the bloody revenge when we're playing than i really feel because i i actually love watching their minds work and watching them like you know get through the various uh uh things i throw in their way right so but there's a occasionally Occasionally, I'll have you know I I prepare scenes and so in, in in our game I'll like my prep is like a character a scene um you know general idea of a battle right so yeah so I I have it ready and it might be like if you listen to our campaign you know that like the Durgers the underground dwarves are feature heavily in the early parts of the game. Uh, there was a fight that I had created that I thought would be really fun that could have worked for the Durgers. It could have worked for uh, a group of halflings that were up to no good uh, that they never came across, for instance. Um, 
And it could have worked for this group of bardic travelers who I really wanted to keep in the game. And then they became the Horonet brothers uh, yeah. later on. So like, so like I, I have these fights, these, these scenes that are ready. And every once in a while, <laughs> Gadget, I have a scene that I'm just like, this is going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> and I don't have any alternative for it to work other yeah. than the one way. And I'll build up to it. And I'm like, here it comes. Like, it's going <laughs> to happen right now. <laughs> and then these assholes are like, nah, I don't think I want to do that. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and that does that, that does kind of hurt a little bit. Like, I, we made a really big deal about the goblin market. That really does. That, like, I really had a big, awesome two-episode, like, arc in mind for the goblin market. They skipped it, and then they started apologizing for it offline afterwards. I'm like, no, fuck you guys. You're not ever getting the goblin market. <laughs> like, 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 there's going to be a bar named the goblin market at some point, and I'm going to be like, no, it's, you should, it's locked. It's closed. <laughs> like, you can't, you, you can't go in there. Um, <laughs> there was that um, moment in Gadget's campaign where there was a goblin, and uh, Stig threw the dagger and killed the goblin. And then afterwards, yep. Gadget was like, um, yeah, you skipped about an, an hour's worth of a boss battle. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, man. Sorry. No, it was fine. That, that one was going to be um, uh, uh, Waves of Goblins. Cause it, cause it waves of Goblins. Was, wow. Was That's my band so name at school. Like fif- yeah, 15 <laughs> goblins that would come in in like three or four waves at them. And I thought, but we, we were already running on. We were already about two hours at that point. So I just Dude, thought, we were about five I, I was, hours I at that give, point. <laughs> No, 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 but when we reached that point in the game, like, and I, I, I would, I'd con- I, I just thought, you know, I'll just say, Stig, you might want to do something here because he <laughs> yeah. was coming up first. Yeah. I was just like, let's give them an out. But, uh, it worked. Yeah. It paid off. Yeah, the, we this- wasted an hour at the tavern before we actually responded to your first setup. I, I know. <laughs> this um, happens. This happens in Dungeons and Dragons. This is where you need to role play. Oh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, 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 there's there's a moment again in episode forty of uh, Dungeon Dads where you, where you can hear Tom's heartbreak because Sam just does something that completely breaks the game oh. and breaks up this, the the yeah. setup that Tom's got for the future. Yeah, and you're just like, and like he like, but you can hear Tom's impressed with it. John is astounded by it. Tim's <laughs> Tim's giggling at it, but then Tom just about five minutes later, Tom's like, "Oh, you fucker!" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was really. I mean. I didn't. This is one of those uh, situations, gadget, where the the rules as written make it so that these guys can do things that I absolutely wasn't planning on, right? And the, and yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody, but like Sam pulls out some bullshit, which is supposed to, which is a plot hook from like episode eight. That that like I forgot about. It was still in his that, mind. Yeah, that he that he skipped it before. Like he was like he was like, no, I'm not doing that. That doesn't fit my character. And at the time, his character didn't really exist because, you know, I asked my guys to like come up with backstories and everything too. And John wrote like 13 pages. You know, Tim had a couple of sisters. <laughs> named you know like you know he had a couple of things in there and sam was like i'm a recluse i'm out on the mountain i used to be really high level cleric but now i'm just like out there yeah. i'm like i'm like god damn it like well, okay so so like every bit of character building that happened with abel happened in the moment 
And so I'm like, no, what do you mean that's not in your character? Just <laughs> just do this thing. I'm, ask, I'm asking you nicely. Do it. And he's like, nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, so, it pays off. It does. It pays off really it well. Ex- excellent listening, but I, yeah. I felt for you there, Tom, yeah. when that happened. Ava yeah, well, is a pure renegade. It's, it's incredible yeah. to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, so what, what would you say is... is is just off the top of your heads, each of your like favorite moment that's happened in the campaign, like either either something that's kind of like high drama or something ridiculously silly, um, so something where you sit back and think, yeah, I really enjoy playing fucking D anD D. Well, I mean, this is a little bit of a tough one because I felt like I was I was sort of there, even though I think I come in and out of it as it was happening. But in I think it was episode seventeen where Filnir is talking with Heinrich and sort of seeing Heinrich's memory of his, um, th- you know, the murder of the docent, like the thing that the yeah. catalyst of, for Filnir's journey into being an adventurer, right? And like seeing that whole moment, like that was something that for me, I was particularly proud of because I was like feeling it as it was happening, but also just like, it was, it was a thought that had occurred to me like a couple episodes earlier of like, what if this is all just like, this has all just been like, memento right like he's just remembering it yeah. wrong you know like the vision has not been told like he's been told a story by this spirit that's following him around and this is a, you know the other vision of it you know so you know I, th- I still loved playing that moment and I still come back to that moment sometimes of just you know figuring out what happened and I'm not sure we even have a conclusive answer at this point you know 23 episodes later <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> keep it elusive though keep, keep that mystery yeah yeah it's fine yeah and then there's just been the fun ones of like throwing a dark bubble of tentacles and taking out like 20 soldiers in one go <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean that was a lot of fun too and just like the little flourishes on like watching abel do an awesome backflip down the thing and then phil near doing an even better one but nobody's looking and he's just like, Let's go. you know like i was like that was just those are just fun moments for me yeah I um my I have a hard time with that question just because I you know I have these great moments in mind but they're like purely you know superficial or whatever like mine mine was definitely episode twenty three when I have a bard and a wizard you know coming down on me and Jonas is just like fireballs and death everywhere yeah. and I'm able to, <laughs> you know but like for for me uh there if I'm if I'm given a really tough encounter. And I'm able to get through it. Um, for me, it's special because because I really sucked at this game. <laughs> <laughs> so so when I go back to it, and I'm like, I did something. I was good there. Like that stuff. <laughs> that stuff is that stuff is really great for me. And then and then uh, a- absolutely, it's those moments where Tom. Um, where Tom just renders us speechless, like uh, yeah. uh, episode episode thirty five, where oh yeah, I'm just trying to like figure out where he's even going with it, and and he's oh just, that like, story from Mister Percy was so yeah cool. man, he's just dropping bombs, and I'm just like trying and trying and and, and like was, oh, it was rough because because like because I was my character for a minute. Mm. And 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 I'm I'm like over here, and Tim and Sam are staring at me, and I'm like like on the verge of tears, and my eyes are closed, and I'm just and uh, and, and then the episode's over, and I'm just like, what the fuck is this game? 
Yeah. <laughs> for, for, for the nice. context for that one, because you, you, you guys should check out episode 35. But yeah, what happens is um, Mr. Percy is Ionis's um, uh, manservant or Man, butler. Yep, manservant. Um, but he's kind of his body man, just in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ionis has this idea of what his, child, his privileged childhood was like. Um, and off the cuff, Tom, who was voicing uh, Mr. Percy at the time, relays this most tragic backstory with no preparation, just completely, <laughs> com- completely off the top of his head. And it's the most compelling thing I've ever heard. And I'm, I was still doing the dishes at the time, and I stopped. And you I, didn't like, get an Emmy. My hands had stopped. <laughs> you didn't get an Emmy. We'll have to send him a biggie. But um, yeah, it, honestly, it's one of the most incredible things I've ever heard, and it's all completely improvised. And like, to- like Tom finishes. The, the bit of dialogue and the rest of them are like silent for a second because no one knows what to say. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely so brilliant. Stuff. So good. What about you, Tom? What's, your, that, what's yeah. your favorite moment? I, you know, it's, uh, it's episode 13. Um, and it is, they have just killed the Hornet brothers oh, and yeah. they're returning the like golden treasure to, uh, Lake and hearth, uh, which is based on Lake and Heath. Uh, which maybe you guys have been to. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so they're they're writing out, and all three of them are like g- giving John's character ideas of how to be the most badass he can be as he like approaches the the town, and he like levitates himself, and he's holding this like uh the the their their shield, idol right? the it's the yeah. shield it's a shield but it's like it's like their the town symbol their town symbol that's like their their relic basically that yeah. they that they have and he like and he puts it on top of this building and of course i i i fuck with them i'm like yes you put it on top of the agricultural co-op like and not, <laughs> and, not and not an important building um uh but but like there it was this moment of like the three like they felt so good about themselves as human beings like not just as characters and i was like it that was the first moment in this game when we were playing when i could see that like we were all like really in it like we were deep in it yeah. um and I, th- so that was really really special to me um and that happened in austin right tim that one no that one no was we n- recorded um 14 it was 14 and 15 in 14 austin. and 15 when we actually recorded together in person yeah. okay um but it it was, it, so that was really special. And that sort of led to the first time we ever were in the same room together. Like, period. Like, the four of us have never been together except for that one time. Oh, we haven't we're, either. Uh, no. Ever. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, for me well, and Stig. Me, 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 me and you are. Yeah, yeah, me and Stig have met. We, we, we have embraced in public. We have hugged. <laughs> <In a> hug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would Pretty be nice not to do that again. It was well, on the we, tube as well. The London yeah. tube. That's awesome. That's I hugged awesome. him. I went, come here. <laughs> no, I, I tried to, like, first time meeting him, I was like, I just went to shake his hand. He was going, don't do handshakes. Give him a big hug. I didn't realise yeah. how, uh, how uh, muscular you was. Not trying to make you inflate your head. I was like, oh, he's a big boy. Come here. I can, I can tell. I can tell from here, from like 4,000 miles oh, away. Oh, he's a big boy. He's yeah, a big look at boy. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's no halfling. Oh, um, no. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> I do, it, it, it was also like serendipitous timing when the episode came out just as like we were entering our first yeah. lockdown it yeah. was weird mm-hmm. like I, I remember listening to that as I was as I was starting the lockdown it was just like he goes hey this is the first time we've ever met together it's like we can't go outside the first lockdown yeah. 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 first lockdown was about what 10 years ago yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like, like, yeah. Yeah. Into like one. It. Something like that. <laughs> yeah I mean you know it's a weird thing but as a podcast, I don't know how much buffer you guys put into your episodes, but when we started, especially in this format where it's not topical in any way, shape or form, 
we <laughs> recorded a lot before we started releasing episodes, mostly because uh, we were we all very few, rusty with we? with editing. We wanted to make sure we had plenty of time to get the episodes in good working order. We were recording half as often as we do now. Like that's one yeah. thing that's come out of this COVID lockdown is we all had a lot more time and a lot less social escapes. So mm. it was a lot easier for our spouses to be like, yeah, yeah you I'm can play it. weekly. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, like you don't see anybody. If, yeah, it's yeah, sure. You know, it's you're good for much, your stress. You're a much like, nicer person. Yes. My, my, my wife, doing this saying, thing with my your wife keeps saying, oh, you're talking to your internet friends again. It's, yeah. it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice that you've got friends. I'm like, I've got yeah. friends, but I'm not allowed to see them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So this became the escape. And so since, you know, since lockdown, we basically up the uh, the recording sessions and playing sessions. So that's part of how we've been able to go, to go backwards a little bit, how we've been able to do the offline campaign and Mountain City Mayhem. Oh, right, and okay, this one yeah. is because we've yeah. been basically playing every children. week. Yes, and feed <laughs> yeah. the children. Um, it's basically yeah. I mean, Sunday most night. Of them, yeah, most of them, the kids are in bed, aside from me, because I'm on the West Coast in the oh, US. And so, sucks. yeah. Yeah, yeah. The best thing about England is one time zone. Right. Yeah, one time zone. <laughs> Really, the best thing I'm sure that's not the best thing about England. That's not the best thing about England. Leading, leading don't even on ask from that, about time, yeah, yeah, please. I don't know anything about time. But leading on from that about England, um, I want to quickly discuss about the English accent that some of you uh, like to. Uh-oh. Sorry, put on. Apologies. Wait, apologies. <laughs> Apart from Abel, yeah. <laughs> who's not English accent? Yes, not yeah. a, not a British accent. Um, but the other English accents I keep hearing are accents that you hear on Netflix, not real English accents. <laughs> but is um, it like British actors Netflix, or yeah. like American actors doing British American accent? American actors doing yeah British. Well, I mean, You'll have to try, try out some Yorkshire. That's yeah, like me, me and Sigur from Yorkshire. Is. Which um, even though. To, to a lot of people, we, we we sound exactly the same, but to other ears, we're completely different because Stig's posh. He's posh Yorkshire. Posh? I'm not posh. Stig's, got, Stig's, Stig's, Stig's from Yorkshire with money. I'm from the Yorkshire ghetto. Yeah, the lower part of the town, yeah. remember? Yeah. Yeah. I'm working class, Stig's middle class, and you can, I can hear it, but a lot of people can't hear the difference, but... And I sound like American actors doing English accents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Biggie's the only southerner. So, so we just use Biggie as our out. Cause, yeah, you know, yeah. Biggie yeah, sounds like, to, to, to my ears, a Londoner, but he, he lives nowhere near London. So. Yeah, right down south. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, but by, I mean, by the standards that, that, that Tom set in the campaign, Biggie would be a Montero noble. Yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> He's got yeah. that accent for yeah. it. Yeah, that, that English accent that gets put on... Um, it, it, it tickles me. It tickles me a lot. <laughs> it, it, it tickles you where? Like with <laughs> in, in my tummy. <laughs> right, right, the, the lower part of your tummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will, I will admit, I, I, uh, I only, I only go with what I know, and uh, Lord of what I know would be. Would be Lord of the Rings yeah. or Netflix yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's, that's the say, best. You're I fluent got. mongoose, are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I am actually. I took a class on it in college. Uh, <laughs> now, Served what I'm, well. I'm really what I'm really afraid of. I'm really afraid of you listening to my Mountain City Mayhem one because that one's really a stretch. Because I'm I'm <laughs> yeah, trying to is, I'm yeah. trying to go for the Cockney and I'm like this that this is terrible. But I'm like Don Cheadle in Ocean's Eleven. It's like, more like it's more like that. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, yeah. Wow. Oh no! There's yeah. nothing. 
is yeah, nothing oh, it's, good it's about terrible. it. But, uh... <laughs> but the, the, the the best part I'll find about about uh, Ionis's voice is um, when just whenever he has to be annoyed about something, but not like legitimately angry about something. It's like when either like Abel said something or he's fallen over or he's rolled a bad dice. Like, God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just this very st- very staccato annoyance. It's absolutely mm. brilliant. Um, do well, I guess well? I, you, I guess we could ask yeah. Oodles like, what can we do to make it better? Um, instead of God damn it. Stop. You need to say. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Just change their voices. You got to do it. Just stick with American. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just need some colloquialisms. Like, I can't even say I'm drunk. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. You, you, need, you need words like, oh, bugger, instead of, god damn it. Bugger. Yeah, okay. I do. Yeah, no. I do say bollocks. Bollocks every yeah, now and then. Yeah, keep saying that. Keep yeah, saying that. yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a few cants instead of cons and it like yeah. you yeah. know, like, like I'm sure I've said schedule instead of schedule or whatever. I don't know. You know, like there's it's things fine, like it's that. Fine. I mean, where where I live, we say shit a lot more than fuck. So right, shit, mm. a bit bit more of a word but yeah hey you're doing fine don't worry don't I mean. <laughs> did, did, did you think when you when you came on to join the join this podcast tonight that you would be getting dialect lessons from a drunk yorkshireman <laughs> well i mean we'll take it it's authentic I mean, right i was really i was really worried that um that i was gonna like accidentally get into a like go just automatically into a terrible accent and like, you know, putting on oh. some British face. Um, and, yeah. um, and, and I'm just really happy. I did not. Um, but I, <laughs> but, but, I, but, but I also was like preparing myself. I was like, Oh man, I like, I never talk shit about anyone from England, like ever, ever. Are you allowed to, we, we can handle it. <laughs> right. No, no, but it's not that it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't like, it's not something that comes up in my life. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. um, uh, but then I was like, "Oh my god, I might, I might," because I, I I always say the wrong thing, and like, <laughs> like I was like, I, I was you like, should listen to our outtakes, man. Oh my god, oh my god. So I was like, "Oh man, I'm really, I have to like, I have a list of things that I'm not allowed to say." Um, uh, <laughs> you can say anything on this. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tim and John are like, nope. Don't, They've got enough don't of give, my shit don't up. Give him that excess. <laughs> it's all right. Gadgets are the, our, our editor, so he just cuts it out anyway. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and whatever's the funniest but least offensive, I stick on the end as an Easter egg just to oh, humiliate Oodles. It's, so nice. it's usually Oodles. He, he constantly forgets that we're recording. Yeah, and, and I've podcasted for like 10 years and I forget that there's a microphone there. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's good stuff. And it's. It's comfortable for you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So just to, just to, just to drag this back to its original point, <laughs> um, and, and, and just Sorry. get through the, just answer some of the questions. Um, a few of our listeners are getting into D and D because I won't shut up about it. Nice, well, well um, done, trust awesome. Me, won't. Yes. What advice would you give them to get started, other than other than what we did, which was play it on a podcast? <laughs> um, yeah, he threw us right in there. It wasn't like let's have a, a practice or let's have a few goes. It's like right, oh, it's the first time you've all played, and we're going to record it. Yeah. <laughs> that was rough. I, I mean, it, it's rough that that you had to. I, so there's two things. One, I think start at first level. So so you guys started at twelve, level twelve or level 10. thirteen, ten. 10. Okay, 10. 10. yeah. So so I so that the the inclination is like I want you to be a little bit like a badass. I want you to yeah. have like some toys that are like badass toys. Yeah. And I started level ten, but rolled like a level one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, the really awesome thing if you're just getting started is to actually like feel the progression. And ah. and like when you start off as a level one bard, just for instance, 
Um, you get eight hit points. Mm. You're going up against skeletons and like really low level guys who, if they hit you, they do one D eight plus two. So they yeah. can kill you with one hit. And everything in the world can kill you with one hit. Everything you do can kill you with one hit. And there's this feel, it's like really like incredible feeling of progression when you get to like 16 hit points. Like I can take another hit. Yeah, yeah when you're naturally <laughs> like, three, you know, right? you know. You're like, yeah. Oh, I've really fucked up here. Uh, yeah, like, or, or like one really fucked up hit, which always happens, right? Um, but but yeah, so like, and then when you get to fifth level and you're a wizard and you get that fireball, you know, and you're like, and, it's oh, yes. sudden, and suddenly you can kill like 50 skeletons with one in, in one six second turn, you know, and you do feel like a badass. We are considerably so, lacking a wizard. Yes, yeah. yes. I guess it's like that. Um, it's very similar to how you, when you play a video game, and that's when you level that up as well. Like I recently, I was playing Valheim, and at the start of it, you are running away from the little shits that come out everything. of the wood. Yeah, and everything is anything that touches you. You're like, oh, I've got to run away, run away. Especially the trolls, massive. And eventually, real you just you are literally <laughs> just so overpowered with the best weapons. You can just take. You go up to a troll and just like you scout my way. It's like yeah. you're an inconvenience yeah. now. Just go away. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, so, so that's that's the one thing. And then the other thing about that is that if you start off at level one, you can learn everything you can do in about 15 minutes, right? So, so like, okay, I've got a rapier. All right, I can roll a d20 and I can add two to it to hit somebody. Um, you're a bard. I mean, just for instance, bard, you get a bonus action. You can like throw out a, uh, an inspiration. Yeah. Um, you know, just not a whole lot you can do with it. You've got, you know, so you've got your things and they're really, really scaled back and it's really, 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 really simple. And then as you get more into it, which happens like as you play, I I have not known anybody who started this game, started playing this game and said, you know, it's kind of stupid. Like, like I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure they're out there, but like one or two people. Yeah. 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 But, but like, it's definitely one of those things where. It's such a social event. It's so, it's just so fun. And you're also doing this like, like progressive building up of a character. I mean, character building, storytelling, it's so great. If you're the kind of person who likes that, likes that sort of thing, it's like, it's perfect for you. And so like that progression that happens with your friends over the course of years sometimes, right? I mean, like, mm. like our, our offline campaign is, we're in year four of that campaign and so <laughs> like we, yeah we so we have we have memories of like the time Bottolino cast invisibility and like ran away from his friends while they got beaten up and eaten by uh shape changers <laughs> that's Tom's right? character by the way that was my character yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right <laughs> Wow. And, so we more remembered as Tom casting visibility on himself and hiding. <laughs> like a piece of shit. I've done that. As yeah, we I mean, why not? Why not? Um, but so like the, like those things, like you, it's like you're, you get to know your friends really well because you get to see how they, what, what's cool to build for them. Like what's a cool character? Like what, what do they find interesting? Uh, mm. you're, you know, like I, I, I never thought in a million years, for instance, John would like a wizard. Um, and, and then like he gets, he's so into it and he's like texting me, Hey, I I really need to find a scroll for, uh, you know, um, uh, scorching Ray. And I'm like, I I got you covered next episode. 
you find a scroll of Skyrite. Mm. <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you son of a <laughs> So anyway, that's like, I mean, I mean, it's that, so that's the big thing is like start early, start at level one, build up and, uh, and then be really, really, really kind to your DM as he's learning because it is. Oh, we love our the, DM. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so much it, like, like this is the thing, like, like gadget, if you keep doing this, yeah, it, 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 it gets so much easier to prep for, uh, a, a game because you get a better sense of like what you need to have prepared and what you don't need to have prepared, right? Like you need to have characters prepared in your yeah. mind. You don't need to have a dungeon prepared. You don't need to have every chest and what's inside of it, right? Yeah. Like those kind of things you'd learn as you go, like what you, what you actually need. Um, and it's, so yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, you can roll for that stuff. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, fun, fun, funny, funny, funny that you brought up us continuing this because we're, we're, oh, we're yeah. going to use this opportunity to announce something here to everybody. Oh. You guys on? Tell us. Oh my Announcements. god. Announcements. Yes. We're quitting. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we're this quitting. is the final episode of Modern yeah. Escape. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're about to become strong competition for you because we're setting up a side pod with a D&D campaign. With real oh, great shots. Oh, I love it. That's yeah. awesome. There'll be four of us in the field, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, yes, we, we, we have settled on a name for it. We are, the campaign podcast is going to be called Do Dragons Dream of Scorch Sheep? Oh, I nice. love that. Yes. Thank oh, you. That's so good. Thank you. I named it. Yeah, oh, I <laughs> love it. Well. There, was a, there was a lot of I used my bardic inspiration oh, yeah. to that, name that it. Took some time. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. There, yeah, there, there was the. Uh, in there our, was a week. Uh, pri- yeah, in our private Discord, there was like, like a week's worth of messages of dungeons and dungeons and dungeons. Like trying, <laughs> trying to yeah. get that. We, ne- we nearly went for dungeons and dickheads, but. Yeah, yeah, that's that was that. You know what? <laughs> Unfortunately, there's two other podcasts named Dungeons Yeah, that's what Kathy says. Yeah, it exists. There's plenty of dickheads out there. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's going to be coming up. We're aiming to get the first episode out in June. There is going to be a fifth voice joining us, um, Ooh, who shall be revealed nice. later. Yeah, and um, we are, these three reprobates are going to be ruling over their characters, but ruling them down from level ten. It's the same characters uh-huh. that we've built. Oh, you're going to go back to level okay. one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, we're, we're not going back to level one oh. because we want them to. Because the the concept I have for it is them already being somewhat seasoned, seasoned adventurers, but they're going down to three. Perfect. Okay. That's that's so a good place so to start. Yeah. So they're still squishy, but they can do a couple of things. Yeah. yeah. Do they do they have to do they have to end up at level ten with the same abilities? Not necessarily. Good. I have I have a narrative hook to avoid that. Perfect. But, um, <laughs> but yes, so that's so that's going to be coming out in June. So um, look out for in our Discord and on our Twitter. We'll post links when things become available, uh, when the feed goes up, um, and we'll consider under Grasswell Manor to be kind of the official kind of prequel to it, or like the kind of the the prologue. Mm-hmm. It's the spin-off before the it will remain actual relevant. event. It's it's weird. Yes. Awesome. It's, yeah, it's yeah, it, it, it's it's like the Battlestar Galactica TV movie before. It's like the, a D uh, guy dance. You mean <laughs> you mean Razor? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I so, love that movie. Yeah. It's a Snyder cut. It's, it's not right. the Snyder <laughs> cut. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Snyder. Redoing Grasswell Manor in twelve hours. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna do it in black and white. It's gonna be yeah. Yeah. incredible. To get, to get all the shit I wanted to put in there. All mines. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So on, on a we, podcast. We, we, 
So we did we, we did get a couple of questions from our community, if um, you'll you'll indulge them. Of course. Uh, first of all, quick one. Uh, at, uh, ben at X-Men Blaster X asks, um, outside of Dungeons & Dragons, what other, if any, tabletop RPGs have you played or enjoyed? Well, Tom and I played uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow. <laughs> With an RPG of Buffy, yeah, with our wives. there is an RPG of Buffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to, it was I had to I had to dig deep to find it, but uh, but I did find it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's based off of a d a d ten instead of a d twenty. But um, right. yeah, Tom and I, uh, I I think it's probably my fault. But I was like, Tom, you gotta watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which oh, I is love something Buffy. that my I love yeah, it. my wife got me into it. You know, when we first started dating, I love it. Back in it's stupid, back in but I love it. Two thousand. Yeah. <laughs> And um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, Tom and I, Tom and I, uh, I lived in New York uh, as well. While Tom was up, Tom's still up there. Um, but uh, while we were up there, Amanda and I were like, "But you've got to watch Buffy." <laughs> and so they got into it, and then they really loved it. And so we got together with uh, him and his wife, and we played played a little bit, and it was fun. Wow, Buffy. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was weird. Cool. Guys, I'm rolling Spike, and no one else is being Spike. I'm being Spike. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you, can, if you can find it, Oodles, it, you can, if you can find the, the rule book on it, it's hilarious oh, the way God. they write oh, it yeah. and everything. It, I, was, awesome. I was Spike. Oh, wow. In our, in our game, yeah. 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 And my wife, my, wife was, my wife was Buffy, and I, I didn't know how I felt about that. But anyway. Oh, <laughs> no, I know. I know how you stuff. felt, John, because <laughs> I saw it in your face. <laughs> And then later you told me how you felt about it. <laughs> I was just trying to keep it PG, Tom, all right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we followed you, all Tim? our own personal rules. Oh, yeah. um, how about you, Tim? Have you played any of this? Uh, you know, the only one I've played is actually one that was made with kids in mind, so sort of like for the family, uh, which is called Amazing Tales. It comes in a book that's much thinner than a PHB, um, but it's much more imaginative and a lot less rules and really more like you can play with a four-year-old to we should know, have done that basically yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's you know it's similar in that you have i think i think it's either three or four abilities that each player picks as their character like they describe their character can be whatever they want um they pick you know three or four abilities that represent what they want them to be good at and then they rank them like he's the best oh, at wow. this She's a little bit not as good at this, you know, and then and then you give yeah. like one is a D12, next is a D10, a D8, a D6, I think it is. And then basically they tell you what they want to do and anytime they want to do something, you kind of help them tie it into what, uh, you know, ability, if any of those is applicable to what they want to do. Um, you know, so like a four-year-old would be like, oh yeah, my character's like super fast, right? <laughs> Just very basic stuff. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be like, defined as oh their movement speed is 65 feet or whatever yeah, like Dungeons yeah. and Dragons would have it right. right they're just they're just very fast and so anything they want to do if they want to do it quickly like if they can kind of justify it as it's something they need to do very fast they can use that special die and all they have to do is roll better than a three to have a success oh, and then cool. it's just storytelling from there um I'd love to play Tales from the Loop at some point but I haven't actually picked it up or you know have I don't think I think most of the limitation has been time more than anything because yeah, yeah. with as much as we're doing with Dungeons and Dragons there just isn't uh, it is a flat surf time right yeah that's right <laughs> that's right yeah. um uh, the last one we have was uh, Smashius Clay asks um, how important is party composition and he's, so he's asking like basically is it like are we talking like Overwatch where not having necessary rules filled is pretty much dooming your team or is it something where kind of equipment spell choices and actions can make up the difference zero. It doesn't matter at all. 
And 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 here's my here's here's my rationalization for that. Five E D and D is so is so built around you doing whatever the fuck you want to do with it that uh, there are ways to um, there's ways to round out a party and do things. You could all three be rogue. You could all be thief rogues, and you'd have a super. You could you could build a super powerful. Uh, uh, party that that does all the things you want to do. Wow. Uh, you'd have some weaknesses, right? Like you wouldn't like if you if you get up against squishy. undead. Yeah, you're squishy. <laughs> you, you, you get up you get up up against some undead uh, that have like you know resistance to piercing damage, and you know uh, there's some things which you can't sneak attack, for instance. Yeah. Um, very that's very rare, but that 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 happens. You know that you know that can hurt but D 5e is so is so flexible um you know anybody can be an expert at medicine right anybody can like make potions like you, know, you have to build your character a certain way but you can you can you can do that with almost any class um yeah i, I think i i think it's really i mean for, I, for me like this gets back to the one of the earlier questions about how much is it about narrative versus rules and that sort of thing i really I really love the idea of starting if you're going to start a campaign to have to think about that like why we're here like what's the like like what's the moment that's starting this thing off are we friends already like why are we friends I so I do think party composition in the sense of like making your party together is so much more fun than yeah you know sitting in your house making your thing and then like surprising everybody with like wh- who you are um mm. so yeah, that's my that's my that's my take. It's not like Overwatch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, he, he's, I was gonna say the, if you have a good DM too, they can kind of balance things, you know, for or against you as the situation dictates in a way that can play to the party composition too. Um, yeah. So do you, do you guys as well? Um, so when you, you realize that our our party is missing something here, like just talk among yourselves, like right, we need. We need one of you, one of us, to do this. Like I don't know if it's a certain thing. Like um, heal. Well, just yeah. Like if you look at our party, like Oodle said, we're missing a wizard, or we're missing we are massively this. Like, missing a wizard. If we could look through and go, okay, well, Biggie's character can actually do this. If you we can't hit a push, if we push, push him that way. So do you like discuss discussing kind of behind the scenes, going right? We kind of want our character to do this moot like to progress rather than it just being all um improvised i mean a group session zero which is what they call this is probably a good idea right where everybody puts their heads together kind of says what they're thinking it's a good place to like lay the ground rules too for like you know something is too gory if somebody has a threshold for that you know like somebody gets triggered by something you talk about that stuff up front so you never quite you know get there don't piss off your players kind of thing but yeah, yeah, I would think you do a session zero, you know, part of our character building for Dungeon Dads was collective. Um, you know, obviously, Sam being a cleric knew we had some heels there, but clearly, <laughs> you know, as it comes up often in the podcast, he doesn't want to be the frontliner, no, but I'm no. a warlock and we have a wizard, you know, yes. so party composition <laughs> was a concern early on because I was like, what are we doing? We've got a cleric who doesn't want a frontline. <laughs> And I'm a Hexblade, which is like, you know, I can frontline, but I don't have the constitution. I'm not, you know, built for that. Not the tank. Yeah, was it, was exactly. The one time Sam frontlined, he, he got turned to stone by a basilisk. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> that happens to the best. That's terrible. 
Yeah. <laughs> you just hate it when that happens. Yeah. yeah. You play out of position and you get turned to stool. Oh, so yeah. so often. So 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 I mean, I think it's really important to, especially if you're saying, okay, we're we're a, we're a troop, we're a, like a small group of uh, you know four scouts, right? Yeah. We we do this thing. Um. So it's important to talk about like, okay, like, like how have we survived this far, this long, right? Like, <laughs> like, like, like when, when trouble comes, like is our move, is our main strategy, okay, now we're all fast. Like we run away and then we set up an ambush. Like, is that how we fight? Is that our main like tactical like thing that we do? Yeah. In Mountain City Mayhem, we certainly did that, right? So, so, you know, me and John and Tim, we talked a lot about this my character and John's character, they were scouts together in an army. Um, they like started these, this grift together and they needed some muscle. Right. So they got this dwarf who's the muscle who like scares people, but also gets up in their face while the other two guys like attack them. So like, like that's the kind of thing that you should have a conversation about, about like, you know, we've gotten this far. How have we gotten this far? Mm. Yeah, and, 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 and it and certainly changed that. the dynamic. It, it changed the dynamic of the whole campaign, yeah. right? Because we've got, you know, in, in the main campaign, we've got three guys, wildly different backgrounds who are kind of thrown together. Mm-hmm. And then in this other campaign, we have, you know, we have guys who worked together, who knew each other, who got another person for another reason, for, you know, for one reason or another. And, and they, they came together to actually make money together. And so it changes, it changes how the, the battles are fought, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay, if I'm, if I'm a bard, then my my bard is only going to beef up my guys and debuff the bad guys. Yeah. Right. So that that then automatically influenced all the spells. And then it, and then I you know, and then it informed my character. I'm this small halfling, and if some giant thing is going to jump up, I'm going to slap Tarbuck on the on the ass and give him heroism. Yeah. And then I'm going to go hide somewhere. You know what I mean? As long as I can concentrate on it. You know what I'm Should talking about? Like, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so, you know, it just completely changed the dynamic of, of, of that character. And it makes him completely different from the wizard that I have, who is like, you know, I'll just throw a fireball on all these guys and they'll incinerate, you know. And Milo's kind of like, you know, I'll talk shit to this guy. And then when I get in trouble, I'll just be like, Tarbuck, go get him. You know, Darvin, go, go get him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's and, and so it completely it just makes it, it makes for very interesting story, storytelling as well. But it gives you this whole blueprint once yeah, you've, you know, yeah. once you've done all this pre-planning. It's, it's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Biggie, did you have one last question? Yeah, I just want to quickly ask. Um, I've been a gamer since the 80s and somehow completely bypassed D&D as I mentioned. So I've only played like literally one shot evening. So where do you feel D&D is now in comparison to like gaming, where gaming went through this real period of being really geeky. It's kind of more accepted nowadays, but where do you see D&D now? Because obviously you guys have done a hell of a lot of work in trying to promote it and make it interesting for people that may not have ever thought about doing it and listening to your, your superb podcast. So where do you think D&D is now? So I, I think this is the, I think this is the heyday of, of D and D in a lot of ways. Um, so I got a, uh, I got a, a, a text message from my wife's Mormon cousin mm. that I hate when that that they had just, yeah, that, well, that they had just, <laughs> not usually just, good news. Yeah. They, they had just, uh, listened to, to episode 40. Mm. So they are up to date with like five friends 
who are now playing right. D&D together. Wow. And they knew, and the, the text is hilarious. It was like, we knew that slimy Jesus was the one behind all of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, this thing is really... What? Like so different than I thought it was like, you know, uh, because I, I, I quit playing D and D as a 13 year old because I was convinced that was going to keep me from having sex. <laughs> like I was, I was 13 years ago. I was positive. Um, and, uh, and, I think it'll, it'll just, make you have sex nowadays. It's yeah. I mean, it's the opposite. I mean, my like, I've been with my wife since I'm 14 years old. Mm. So, so we have we are like long term together. So you um, were right to quit. I was right to quit, <laughs> <laughs> and I was Proof right to in quit. The I, but he wrote but 10 I will say, on I will say, <laughs> I, I I I love my wife. We have such a great life together. But my one regret is that. When I was 14 years old, I wish I'd have tried to put the old screws on a little mm. bit about like her, having her try this thing out because I think she'd be amazing at it. Uh, instead, I like silently let her make fun of me as a oh. younger person playing this thing. And so I think, you know, I think a little bit of that was like, you know, um, I, I see people, I see people who are in couples and they play together and I'm like, oh man, that's, that's. That's so well, amazing. Your, your wife can't be complaining when that Patreon money keeps coming, keeps rolling. That's in. right. There you go. It's like, yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's like that's a laundromat trip. That's yeah. a laundromat trip. That's a laundromat I'm trip. I'm a player and a player. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> pays off in the end. <laughs> I think the, the internet's probably helped most without that, hasn't it? Like the, the accessibility now, where like you can go and watch people play it and have a lot of fun on YouTube or listen to like a podcast like yourselves mm. and. Yeah, like really before, like it, it, none of my friends, like that I grew up with, not many of them are really into like the stuff I'm into. Yeah, and I would have liked to have given this a go, but you know, in my teens, you would have had would have had no one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but I would have had no one to play with. None of them would have been interested, and probably would have taken the piss out of me, to be honest. But now <laughs> it's just like, you know what? I really want to give this a go. And listening to yourselves and watching some videos that Gadget posted to me is like, yeah. you can have a lot of fun with this. And I think you've got to bear like, it's in more mind. more accessible now. You've got to bear in mind, we live in an, an age now where the Marvel films are the biggest films in the world. So that nerd culture yeah. is already just it's ingrained yeah. there. There's going, to be a, mm. there's going to be a moment, and it's going to happen very soon, where Dungeons & Dragons just takes over. I think so. Our role-playing yeah. games in general. It's just going to take it. People are going to be like, why didn't we do this years ago? And and then there's going to be people from the 80s and, set, and be like, we have been doing it for so long. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. You used to make fun of us for yeah. it. Yeah. It's same with, well, like, I think, like I, I, I'm, I've been a big comic book reader all my life and, I, and I'm, yeah, I, I've been like gone, going to the movies and watching these films. Like, I know what's going to happen. They're like, how do you know? I'm like, because I've read this yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's so frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, I think I think Tom's right. Like we're we're in we're in this like magical golden age of D and D. Like mm. like L, the people in the people in L A. Uh, where where Tim's at, you know, they they are. It it feels like in the rest of the country, they're the movers and the shakers as far as style and what's yeah. cool and what's going on. You know what I mean? And so like there there was this group of you know I'm sure you've all heard of Critical Role. Oh, this group yeah. of voice oh, yeah. actors yeah, yeah. just comes together and they do, it. and then just 
millions of people like are just watching them on Twitch and then sending the money and then oh, yeah, you know their Kickstarter is going through the roof. As well. Yeah, was yeah. that yeah. used to tour yeah. a live show? Live when, show, yeah. When, when, yeah. I, when, yeah. I, when I was Gene, the guys up to say like, okay, this is kind of how you play D anD D. It won't be this good because these are professional actors doing with it. Mercer doing it. I'm like, whoa, I can't do that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I sent them. Well, I pulled it off. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I, 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 sent, I sent them one of the, the Vox Machina. Um, it was the uh, uh, Darrington Brigade. Um, yeah. Live show that they yeah. did, and because it was the best one, because it had a bard, and it's it, like what it had the most acting, <laughs> yeah. and it was, um, and it it worked out, and it's it's one of those things when you watch it, and they're obviously because they're actors, like mm. not just voice actors, but they are like yeah. trained actors. They know how to play a character. They do it so slickly and so well, but then they make it so accessible for people to think like. Okay, I'm gonna buy a player's handbook and look into this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then you have like people like I'm good. I can't pronounce his second name properly. Is it Joe Man- Manginello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actor, yeah, yeah. The werewolf, like, is, the big guy, the werewolf. Yeah, that's Joe right. Yeah, yeah. yeah true, like true he's blood. just you know like this big jock of a, true of a movie star. Like you stick. And he, uh, yeah, I wish, I wish I looked like that. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and he's just saying, no, yeah, I've got this like. Huge DD, uh, you know, DD setup. I love it. I love playing that. And it's just like, it isn't just. Yeah, oh, I bid on that Omaze that, experience. I tried like, to get um, in that dungeon. Oh, yeah. It's like Henry Cavill <laughs> as well. Henry Cavill is like, he looks like a statue, but he's the biggest nerd in the world. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like, yeah. we're yeah. taking over and just, just get used to it. <laughs> well, the meek will always it. inherit the earth. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 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 yes. So uh, thank you guys for, for joining us. This has been an absolute blast. Pleasure. Um, can one of you let our dear listeners know where they can find you? Just all around the internet. Uh, well, our website is DungeonDads.com, and that has links to everything else. Um, we are Dungeon Dads. If you look us up on whatever pod player you use, um, we are Dungeon Dads Pod on Twitter, Dungeon Dads Podcast on Facebook. Um, I mean, I think that's, you know, if you can find us any one of those places, <laughs> you can find us all of the places. Yeah. We're also on Reddit, and we're no yeah. longer on Patreon. No, 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 Patreon. Oh, we're no longer on Patreon. Uh, uh, sorry, on uh, <laughs> just take that again, uh, Tom. Parlor. Right sorry, sorry. 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 I'm sorry. We don't want money anymore. Yeah, no. <laughs> love paying for hosting. It's so yeah, fun. Actually, wiping our butts with it. You know, we just don't need it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was the other P. It was the other P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that site's gone, Tom. It's not worth mentioning. Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. even talk about it. Don't yeah. Talk about it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Um thank you, Tom, Tim, and John, for, for joining us. Um and thank you good, for having good, us. good, good luck for thank whatever you. chaos is going to come from your next episode because I absolutely cannot wait for it. And I'm yeah. sickened that I have to wait two weeks for the next part. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You've got four listeners here at least. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you and for yeah, that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. Anyway, thank you guys so much. That was absolutely marvelous. Thank you. Yeah, 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 thank you. Thank you. Good luck. Yeah, Good luck it. for June. I'm looking forward to listening to yeah. Tell me again, yeah. the dragon dreams of sheep. Uh, yeah, do do dragons dream of scorched sheep. Do dragons dream of short scorched so sheep. Awesome. I'm looking forward Congratulations, to Congratulations, guys. Wow, it's getting a bit late. Stick. Hit us up with the socials. Yes, yeah, so you can find us as ever on Twitter at Modern Escapism. On there, you'll find a link to all of our episodes, socials, and Discord. If you have any comments, you can either tweet us there or email us at modernescapismpod at gmail.com. Gaming streams, we do those. (laughs) We try to. Try to. (laughs) Life gets gets in the way. 
It does. But if you uh, want to come and watch us, you can find us on twitch.tv forward slash modern escapism. Um, Saturdays is Oodles Days. If he's doing something, I don't know what's. Um, what I'm bored at doing. pubs now, so I might. Yeah, we'll find something for you to come and uh, yeah. watch. He still needs to finish Bioshock, to be honest. I might, I might just, I might just do that and then um, jump Dragon's in. Dragon's Quest Eleven. Don't say it. You're not allowed to say it. <laughs> You're not allowed to say it ever. Oh, say what? Fuck, he said it. Can we just find some like shit game for you to play that you have to play through? Yeah, that's just true. To... Could do that. Quick no, no, you deadly did. premonition too. Nah, is that, any good? To is that any good? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, finish Bioshock and then we'll talk. Oh, I will. I won't. I won't. I won't, <laughs> I won't do another game until I've done that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mondays, Biggie dies. He's still continuing his playthrough of Dark Souls for the first yeah, time. I just took out Man and Butterfly the other day. Yeah, you did, and you did it with a plum, mate. Honest to God, you did really well. Eventually. Well, it's good job I told you about that bonfire, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Now I'm hitting every wall I walk past. You should. You should. Yeah, you actually should. <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah, and on Wednesday, Gadget and I will be continuing our playthrough of A Way Out. Um, we don't know how it's gone yet because we haven't done our first one, which will be yesterday by the time you hear this. I've peered into the future I think slash that past. it's going to be a really good stream. I think, yeah. I, I think you did very don't well. Get oodles on time again. I think please. you did very well. I can't believe you did that, Gadget. Oh, no, Stig, I can't believe you did that other thing. Yeah. Wow. It was Same as a flat circle. Excellent. <laughs> and um, because this has been a Dungeons & Dragons special, check out our D&D specials. You better do. Um, they're still there. They'll always be there. And you need to go and check them out because, as I keep saying, they were a lot of fun and Gadget put a lot of effort into it. So, mm. so as you've heard from Gadget, um, Gadget's announcement, we are going to do a spin-off podcast, a Dungeons & Dragons one. And that leads us nicely on to next week's topic, which is spin-offs. So we're going to talk about good spin-offs, bad spin-offs, and maybe come up with a spin-off that we'd <laughs> uh, like to see ourselves. So this could be anything from a book, a film, a TV show, a game, anything that has an original idea and then something else spun off from that. And uh, yeah, so get in touch and let us know what your favourite and worst spin-offs are. It's going to be a good one. I always like the ones where we get to rip into something. Apparently so. Biggie's <laughs> done an fun. essay on Joey. <laughs> dissertation on it it was one line <laughs> and as ever leave us your five star reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us um, as we say that it does help us get noticed and it's just a nice thing for you to do and it takes hardly any time for you to do it thank you very much sir thank you very much and from that there's nothing much more to say than adventure on and we will see you next time Good night. So good that theme yeah, tune. Yeah, got. Who yeah, sings yeah, that? Theme tune's great. That's me, John. John, dude, you got to <laughs> yeah. up your up your game, the noodles. If you're I the used bar. to be in a band, <laughs> yeah. a metal band, but I'm, I I need to write our. I need, I need to do it. I need to. But sing you could it. go. You could be. You could there be you the. Uh, you, you could be a a, a bard, but.
plays metal. A death metal bard. Death, yeah. me- death metal bard. You can have an axe. You can have an axe. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs>